Hello everyone, uh, welcome to this week's edition of Grecian's Gossip. Uh, just me, David Borum, with uh, Jamie Hawkins today. Uh, Daniel's off at a council meeting, I think, and Howard's still sunning himself, so, so just the two of us today. But uh, plenty to talk about, as always. Uh, we'll start with uh, with Forest Green on on Saturday. A good win. I, I wasn't at that game, that game, but Jamie was. What, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was a very good game. Um, really treacherous conditions, absolutely pouring down rain one minute and sunning yourself the next. So it was a strange, um, you know, conditions to play in. Um, yeah, it was a very good performance. Perhaps not the best. Um, you know, it was. I guess with the conditions, it made it quite tricky with trying to play the way that City and Tisdale like to play. Um, Mark Cooper at Forest Green's you know, trying to play a similar way and he's pretty much cut and said, look, if we want to get results, it's not going to not gonna happen easily in League 2, as we've seen many teams do um, when we've played them. But no, I thought it was a pretty solid performance, professional performance. Um, could have been more, to be honest. Um, I mean, and had a, a great chance to make it 4-0, but blazed it over. Um, yeah, overall, it was a great... Great performance, great day, keeps the run going. Um, you know, the same team as well for I think that was the third successive league game, it was the same team and just shows how well they, they played together. We've mentioned the back four many times and they were excellent. Sweeney was outstanding once again. Um Lloyd James in midfield absolutely dominated it. And they just seemed more up for it than Forest Green. They perhaps the luck went their way in terms of winning the second balls. Um but, you know, the number of times that I saw, you know, a Forest Green play on the ball and about three City players all over him straight away just shows the urgency and the tempo that Tisdale's clearly set out. But, um, you know, it was a great, um, great performance, keeps the run going, as I said, and, you know, it's looking good at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, having been at Barnet last night... Um in what sounds like similar conditions, to be honest, aside from the fact we didn't get the chance to sun ourselves. <laughs> um, it sounds quite similar, to be honest, because, you know, last night, uh, although Barnet went ahead, City, uh, they, they weren't exactly struggling, but they they couldn't couldn't get a proper hold of the ball in the first half. Um, McAllen had had a couple of efforts, but nothing too, you know, nothing too testing for, for Barnet. And it went, went in at 0-0, and, you know, he... he Portis, I've said he was happy with that because uh, you know it was a difficult conditions and slight winds or slight slope and and quite high winds actually, and then Barnet took the lead just after half time. But um, you know Tisdale then brought Hiram Bothing on and com- that completely changed the game. Uh, switched to four three three, then three five two with the introduction of Stockley, mm-hmm. and from there then on in it only looked like City were going to win. So, uh, as soon as City equalised, with you know Ruben Reed doing what all strikers do well and and uh, and sort of following up a shot after Jake Taylor's long range effort hit the post, um, from then on in it was only City like this to win it. It sounds similar, you know, it's just mm. that, that sort of desire to win at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, and you mentioned the three five two. That's what they started with on Saturday with you know Jake Taylor playing left wing back and Sweeney at right, and then you had Lee Holmes on the right wing who was outstanding. On Saturday, it just shows you know the versatility the squad have got. You know, not only the strength and depth in the squad, but players being able to play wherever. And Jake Taylor was pretty excellent. You know, left wing back as well. Perhaps an unusual position for him. 
Um, and, you know, as a result, women played a bit deeper and, you know, did well. But, you know, when you've got, you look at the bench, like you said on Tuesday night, when you've got, like, Stockley and Boateng and Moxie, you know, pretty much been kept out the side at the moment. I know Moxie's only just come back from injury, but when you've got your record signing on the bench still, it, it, I think it shows something that the quality that, that City have and how loyal Tisdale is to the the same starting eleven, and, you know, just the way that Reed and McAlinden link up. Tisdale spoke to him on Monday and he was, you know, asking about Reed's start to the season with the goal and he said, look, as good as he's been, let's not forget McAlinden who perhaps doesn't get the credit he deserves, you know, hasn't scored that many goals. He's had his chances, but absolutely runs his socks off and maybe Reed wouldn't, you know, have seven goals if it wasn't for, for Liam's hard work at the moment. I mean, I, I looked at the start at the start of the season. Um, City were the only EFL club, probably in the top 92, to be honest. I don't know about Premier League because they started a week later, but um, only EFL club for definite not to have a debutant starting their, their first game of the season. Right. And, uh, you know, you, you've spoken about the, the strength and depth that the, the bench now has. Uh, but, you know, they, they haven't really needed it at the moment because no. the, the players that City had last season are playing so well, but... At the same time, it's great to have that that sort of ability now to to change things if if they're not going going the, the way City want them to, isn't it? Yeah, and like people mentioned as well, losing David Wheeler, Ollie Watkins, two best players last season. You know, I think most people accepted right if Watkins goes, we have to keep hold of Wheeler if we want any chance of challenging this season. And then Wheeler goes, and you know, on the other hand, you know, you bring in Stockley and you've got, you know. Ruben Reed on fire and then you bring in the lone players as well um, you know it just shows how perhaps you know you, without Watkins and Wheeler can still produce this quality still score goals you know despite how important I don't know what the stat would be you know take out Wheeler and Watkins as goals last season but I'm pretty sure City might not have done as well as they had them might not have gotten to Wembley um, but you know, I think defence has certainly impressed me the most, probably. You know, especially at home, yet to concede at home in the league. Um, you know, quite shaky at the back last season. I know they're hampered by injuries, but Tisdale didn't really seem to know what his strongest back four was. Um, and then this season, you know, let's not forget Luke Kroll as well. Obviously, he's coming back soon. On his day, he's a really good player. So, you know, it just shows that. Despite that Wembley loss, no sign of a hangover whatsoever after a pretty solid pre-season as well. And uh, early days, but you know, three points top now, and I think six points clear of automatic promotions. Yeah, <laughs> it's a long way to go, of course, but it's it's looking pretty pretty good. You got to look at the teams we played as well. You know, they've been tough games. Newport and Lincoln at home, good size. You know. Both sides might be up there this season. Newport, you know, the turnaround that they've shown recently, and you know, going to Barnet on a Tuesday night is not a tough place, an easy place to get results. Sorry, and you know, I think most fans, myself included, when you go into a Saturday and a Tuesday game, home and away, you're normally looking at four points for a good return. So to win both games, especially on Tuesday night, I think I, you know, maybe a few other fans have maybe a little bad feeling about it. Um, you go one nil down, you think right, we can get a point here, and that would be a great, you know, keep the run going. But to win, you know, in the last minute as well, that's no better to win, is it? Coming from behind, and it just shows the character in the squad. And 
you know, and perhaps even better for me was when Tisdale is still keeping his feet firmly on the ground, not getting carried away, because, you know, you, you can't afford to do that at this stage. But, you know, there's a long way to go, of course, and there are some more tough games coming up with Crew and Coventry, but, you know, it's it's a good time to be a City fan at the moment, definitely. And, yeah, you mentioned the calibre of teams there. I, I looked at it today and... Uh, you know, only two of the five of the seven teams that have played so far are in the bottom ten, mm-hmm. which shows yeah. how how well they have been playing. And you know, if Cambridge were one one place higher, I think it would be, uh, I think it would be like two out of the bottom half of the table. So mm-hmm. you know, they, they have played some good teams. So yeah, you know, it's, it's nothing to be sniffed at the moment. No, and then you just look at the whole league table, pretty ridiculous as usual with the unpredictability of it. You know, you've got teams. Carlisle are quite down there at the moment. They're struggling a bit, you know, from what a turnaround in a year it's been for them. They were absolutely running away with promotion at the start of last season and they collapsed and, you know, obviously we beat them in the playoffs. And then, you know, you look at the favourites, Mansfield are, haven't quite got going yet. Luton as well, you know, they lost, was it 3 0 at home to Swindon the other day? So it just shows how unpredictable it is again. But Exeter City are just carrying on where they left off last season with teams you know Accrington are up there I think another brilliant job that John Coleman's doing again um, and then you've got teams like Port Vale rock bottom at the moment you know, haven't come straight down from, from League One you know it shows how ridiculous the league it is meanwhile City are sitting nice at the top unbeaten the only team unbeaten in the league to do it um, so yeah, like I said, I had a funny feeling about Barnet on Tuesday. It's the sort of game that in previous years probably was slipped up at, but um, you know, it's just looking very promising at the moment. And you mentioned Paul Tisdale there keeping his feet on the ground. His mantra at the moment seems to be quite similar to what it was last season when they went on that, that brilliant run to, to get into the playoffs. It all seems to be, you know, one game at a time, not so much one today, one game at a time, but small targets isn't it and it's all about like, you know it's far too early in, the, early in the season to be saying right we're top let's stay top it's all about just taking it that, that small small thing at a time and then just working your way forward isn't it really yeah I mean all the years that he's been down here I've never really heard him say look you know we're top or we're, we're up there and we want to stay up there I think at the start of the season he and most of the players are saying you know we want to go one better than last season and get promoted but you know, since that pre-season talk, he hasn't really mentioned it. He's literally just said the classic, we take it one game at a time. Last week was last week. It was a great win, but we've got to move on. It's going to be a tough game. And as he rightly said, there's no easy game in League 2 now. It's one of the hardest leagues to, to do well in, you know. That's why people are obviously getting carried away about the Invincibles. But in a way, it's kind of like... You, probably say it's harder to go unbeaten in League 2 all season than it was in the Premier League in 2004 or whenever it was it's just unbelievable you know the standard as well when you see like 10 teams being separated by about 2 points which is why I think Tisdale's not getting carried away you know I think it's way too early to be saying you know oh the 3 points clear at the top or whatever you know I've always said you want to be looking at October really before we start really the table starts to take shape but I think in this position now it would be disappointing for City not to be you know at least in the top seven come the end of the season 
can't remember how many teams have really, apart from Carlisle last season, have been up there at this stage and you know not been up there come come what may. Uh, speaking of Paul Tisdale, uh, let's hear what he had to say after the game on on Tuesday night. Yeah, we showed a lot of nerve, didn't we, to to build that last 35 minutes. Um, I'm not sure when they scored exactly, was it five or ten minutes into the second half. We, I, I, I loved us tonight, you know, and that first half. I wasn't unhappy. The players came in a little bit disappointed, but you're up, you're up a slight slope into a very gusty wind with rain in your face. We knew that that last 20 minutes, if we got it right, it was a very hard end to defend. So, of course, a goal down. We, um, it might look like a negative decision taking off a striker and bringing on the midfield player, but I just wanted to build momentum, and make more passes, and get us up the pitch and get some width. And then at that point, then we put the striker on. So. We just built it nicely over the last half an hour, and it was, um, I suppose, there was only one team that was going to score based on, on pressure. But of course, they can always break away and score themselves. So, you know, it was, a, it, it was a nervy but very enjoyable last 30 minutes. Awful for them to concede with 30 seconds to go, but um, I'm, I'm really pleased with the place. And the changes you made, both really positive. Here in Boateng, really composed in central midfield when he came on, and Jaden Stockley scoring his first goal since arriving back from Aberdeen. Yeah, I mean, it's no surprise to us that here in what he did, I mean, that's why I put him on. It was, it was, it was the, the, the brief just to make more passes and get us up the pitch. You know, which we, we I mean, we, we, well, the manager makes a decision at the start of the game. We played to a really, really tough conditions first. I was, I was delighted at 0-0. They scored very early in that second half, and I just knew we had to get a, get a hold of the game, and make some passes. It wasn't about scoring straight away. It was about knowing that we could put pressure on, and we did that. And then, of course, Craig Woodman. Um, He'd been feeling a bit of a stiff calf. It was an obvious decision, but rather than putting another full-back on, I put a striker on, and you know, Jaden Stockley was a real handful for that last half an hour. Well, so you had chances even before the, you scored the goal. Sweeney hit the crossbar, and their goalkeeper had to make a couple of good saves as well, denying it. Yeah, the goalkeeper made some really good saves, and um, I, as I said, I think it always felt like we could get another chance and another chance, and we, we had that set piece with a minute to go. Jake Taylor got to the ball first and won a, won a, won a free kick and uh, we just felt we had some sort of um, some strength in those set pieces and a win down into that goal and um, yeah we just I think we were going to score at some point. And also a brief mention for Christy Pym, two absolutely fantastic saves from headers, well, denying the two Barnet centre halves. Well I'm glad you said it because um, it was, it was, he, was, he was one of the first people we congratulated at the end of the game, you know, the, the, the the first, the first step in coming back from a deficit is to make sure you don't increase that deficit. You keep it at a goal, um, and we did that. And Christie did make some brilliant saves. So um, it, it, was, it was a team effort. Everyone did their bit, and um, got me on to the next game now, knowing that we've come from behind now and, and, and away from home and got a win. I know managers are not fixated at tables the way maybe us journalists are, but a decent start's becoming a, a good start. Yeah, it is, and we've got to continue that. We're not going to win every game. Well, of course, that's the aim, but chances are we won't. But we've just got to put points on the board. When they're there, we've got to put points on the board and we build momentum. We've got a good squad. And Dean Moxley coming on for his first appearance back with us in eight years. We'd love to see him back on a bit for only 30 seconds, but it's great to have him back on the pitch. We've got to build momentum. And uh, we're not going to have it all our own way, but you know, we, as long as we don't do too much wrong, we've always got the ability to do it today, which is pick our game up and, and, and put whole lot of pressure on, a, on, a, on an opponent for a period of time like we did for the second half. So that was Paul Tisdale speaking about uh, Tuesday night's win over Barnet. Um, next up for City, it's uh, another interesting game against the crew side who, you know, 
been a little inconsistent, but have picked up some, some good results, haven't they? This yeah, I saw they've... I know they slipped up on Tuesday to Cambridge, I think it was, but other than that, I think they won... Uh, they beat someone 5-1 recently. Uh, Chesterfield. Chesterfield absolutely destroyed them. Chesterfield, I know they're struggling, but they've just come down from League One. Gary Caldwell, of course. So it's going to be a tough game. You know, <laughs> the cliche, I guess, every game is a tough game. But being at home with the record that we've got this season, you've got to be looking quite optimistic. Um, you know, I remember last season when we played Crew on that, started that incredible run 12 games unbeaten at the time and then absolutely tore them apart beating 4-0 um, you know I know David Artell had only really just taken over at the time but you know he got them kept them up which I think is what they were looking for and you know they've made quite a solid start this season they might be up there come May um, I saw Chris Porter the striker they signed from Colchester, he's already got six goals this season, so he's going to be quite a threat and perhaps the biggest test the City defence have, have had this season. But, you know, looking at home, pretty much Cambridge, Lincoln and Newport, they've all played relatively well. They've had their chances to, to get something, but the defence have held out so strong, you know, perhaps the other teams have been quite wasteful. Um, but, you know, it's great to see that City have that ability to, to go on their up and get an early goal in the first half and not necessarily, you know, shut up shot, but not really look like they're going to concede, whereas in previous years, the number of times when you've seen City go one nil up at half-time and then just completely collapse in the second half, literally being a one-half team. Um, so it's it's one of those, it's a tricky one where it's a tough game, but at the same time, the way that they're playing, the form that they're in at the moment, got to be looking at three points but you know I guess you've got to start winning at some point I guess but let's hope it's not Saturday and so uh, you know let's roll it forward to, to Saturday morning put yourself in Paul Tisdale's shoes after Hiram Boating and, and Jaden Stockley both mm. impressed on, on Tuesday night do you, do you give him a start maybe? It's a difficult one isn't it because he's named the same team four or five league games in a row now and you'd be a brave man to break that up really um but having said that, Jane Stockley hasn't come on a record deal to be left on the bench. And, you know, he scored on Tuesday night. Okay, it was a, perhaps a tap in, but it's still a crucial goal, um, which could be a crucial result. It's a difficult one because, um, like I said, you don't want to break the team up. But at the same time, to be playing four games in a row with the same team might be looking a bit tired at the moment. You know, Ruben Reedy started every game, but. I know he hasn't. I don't know if he's finished a game this season when he started. Did he come off on Tuesday? Or yeah. Well, he, I mean, you can put that down to him finishing because with the one minute left, they sent on Dean Mox. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> one minute away from finishing a game. Yeah. yeah. So it's a difficult one, really, because obviously Stockley's come in and he's scored, and that should rightfully give him a place in the team. But you know, with the way Reed and McAllen are playing at the moment, I'd be quite hesitant actually, and. I don't know, I'd probably play the same team once again, given, you know, if they're all fully fit and, and fresh. I don't know about you after seeing them on, on Tuesday night. Oh, it, it, as you say, it's difficult. You, you don't really want to disrupt that winning mm. feeling, do you? Mm. Um, and even on Tuesday, no, no player played badly enough to, to sort of be dropped from the team or anything like that. It really depends on 
on whether Paul Tizzo wants to keep as it is. And I'd be interested in seeing a, a partnership of, of Stockley and, and Reed up front, but McAllinan actually played quite well on, on Tuesday night, although he was replaced by uh, Hiram Boating. Paul Tizzo said that was just to give a bit more more power in midfield rather than anything McAllinan had done wrong. Uh, and Boating played very well on, on Tuesday night, but then... Lloyd James has been outstanding so far this season and mm-hmm. Jordan Tilson is, you know, I think he's really stepped up his game in terms of consistency. You know, mm-hmm. He had these games every three or four games where he'd have a brilliant game and maybe go off the ball a little. Yeah. But this season he, he's been, you know, superb in breaking up opposition uh, sort of attacks. So, you know, so then you're looking at, in that respect, you know, if you want boating in, you'd have to take out Jake Taylor or Lee Holmes, both of whom are, you know, <laughs> Superb mm. players, so it, it's a real difficult one for Paul Tisdale, but it's the sort of headache he would like, really, isn't it? Yeah, you, you'd rather be in that sort of position rather than struggling for, you know, for foot players and having to perhaps pick up players from the academy. Whereas, you know, compared to last season, of course, so it's a it's, it's a great problem to have, I think, for him. You know, you look at the players that you've got on the bench, like we said, Moxie and Boateng and. Stockley, and then you've got you know Troy Archibald Hemville, you know, who's a very good player on his day, and Jack Sparks. Let's not forget about him. What a start he's made to the season. Hasn't really played played much recently, but then we haven't really needed him. So, you know, you look at that bench and previous years. You look at the bench, and it's normally made up of you know teenagers, academy players, and you know you're not really doesn't really feel with confidence. There's no one that he could really look to come on and make a difference. Whereas we've seen with Boateng, you know, he's come on and he's fresh pair of legs and he's been absolutely brilliant. He would just run, you know, run and run his socks off. And then you've got Stockley coming on as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a really difficult one. But, you know, if Stockley was to come in, probably say McAlinden would be his replacement, not taking anything away from him. But be really, really harsh to drop Ruben Reed the form he's in and Lee Holmes who's been absolutely outstanding um this season. Such a key player. So it's a really tough one. Um but you know I would probably keep the same team providing they're all fully fit. Uh and so what are your predictions for the game? It's a tough one. Um I'd actually be tempted to go for a one nil again. <laughs> um I can't see many goals. Um, you know, Crew will be looking for a, a response after I think David Otto absolutely tore into the team after Tuesday night, saying that they were abysmal. Um, but you know, it does seem with Crew when they're good, they're really good. Like I said, they score five, and I think they've scored three or four in other games this season as well. So it sounds like when they're good, they're really good. When they're bad, they're really bad, which is what they were when they came down here last season. Um, so it's going to be a difficult game. It's, it'll be interesting to see how they approach the game because I think normally when you come to Exeter you might play a little more attacking but maybe he'll be like, actually, they're top of the league. Maybe we should be a bit, little more conservative. And it's quite an interesting psychological thing now. When teams go to the league leaders, how do they set up? Do they Are they now going to be coming to Exeter and thinking a point would be absolutely brilliant result let's sharp shop and just play for the draw so it's it's an interesting one but 
I'm going to go for a 1-0 again. <laughs> How about you? I would say... I was going to say 1-0, so I'll say 2-1 to, to City. Yeah, maybe Krill will get a goal if they scored five the other week. Mm. Uh, although it is, it is interesting, that, that whole sort of... Uh, the discussion over mentality going to the league leaders because you know while City are top it is only seven games of the season isn't it yeah. and I, um, I I had a City fan speaking to me the other day who said he was wasn't upset that City had gone top obviously but you know they're a little bit wary over the fact that teams will now be coming to City and sort of shutting up shop and, and stuff like that thinking a point would be good against the league leaders whereas just seven games in you know, all you need to do is string seven good performances in in a row to to go top. Whereas, you know, later on in the season, that that could fly under the radar a bit, and you could be able to play your own game a little more, and teams might be a bit more expansive against you. So it's interesting debate to be had there about whether whether you can go top too early in a way. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, there's also the the complacency warning. Thing. <laughs> you know, fans are rightly so. You know, celebrating being top of the league. It doesn't happen very often. You know, I think did the story the other day. I think it's the best season, start to season, for twelve years or something like that. So, you know, the fans have got every right to be celebrating. Um, the players, as we said in Tisdale, are rightly so, not getting carried away, not looking at the the table as it is too early to to call. Um, so I guess it's how they deal with that complacency because the number of times when you've seen a team up, up there and then they lose one game and then that's it, all of a sudden they just collapse and they'll lose you know, three or four on the bounce and you won't see them up there again. So it's all about their mentality, I guess. I mean, Tizzle has been around long enough now to know that you know, you can get carried away, especially in League Two with results. As we've said, how tight it is. You, you can be mid-table come you know, the end of one month and be the top four weeks later you know it's it's so unpredictable and you know I was just thinking about teams shutting up shot they actually do it quite a lot more than often actually perhaps I think they respect the way Tisdale plays the number of times we, we've heard opposition managers admire Tisdale style football especially in League 2 in this day and age um, you know hence why we've seen many teams just play a long ball get a goal they'll shut up shot and that'll be it for you know, 90 minutes time wasting after half an hour. Um, so it is interesting how, you know, I think many, myself, I don't really look at the table at the moment. I'm, you know, it's nice to be top. And then, as like I was looking at the League One table the other day, I didn't realise Shrewsbury would have a similar record. They're top unbeaten so far. So, like I said, it's way too early, I think, to be determining who's going to be up there at the moment, um, you know, given how tight it is after seven games. And just so, and then we we've had a couple of questions through on uh, on Twitter. Uh, first of all, one hundred and forty BP ninety M. I think I've read that right. <laughs> Where's our money? Hashtag Ampadu. Uh, well, to be honest, that, to be honest, it's difficult. I want Julian Tag. I think it was last week issued a statement uh, all about transfers and and said that the the club weren't exactly in a position to to comment yet. So it sounds like negotiations negotiations are still ongoing. Uh, I'm sure a tribunal might not be too far away because it sounds like they've been, been ongoing for a while. Uh, so I, I'm sure the club just at the moment can't really comment because it's difficult to do so without putting those negotiations negotiations at risk. Uh, do, do you think the same, Joe? Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? We don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. I know Julian Tau's come out and 
pretty much said it's all ongoing, negotiations are carrying on. Um, it's interesting how it works really with young players obviously signing them on sort of a free contract but getting some sort of compensation but yeah I mean just hope that it gets sorted out I mean the club not really desperate for, for the money at the moment with Wheeler and Watkins um, but yeah it would be nice to just get it over with now I'm sure you know the city board are just keen to get to get it over with and Perhaps they're being a bit more hasty than Chelsea or, you know, the nature of the club. But, yeah, hopefully it will just be resolved soon and both parties can just move on now. And then uh, Lewis Andrews asks, uh, update on Tiz's contract and where shall we build his statue? Um, <laughs> no update as yet on, on Tiz's contract. Uh, those can always sort of rumble on a little and, and he's not, he's never the, the keenest to, to talk about that sort of thing. So, uh we probably may not get an update until he actually signs or, or something like that, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. And uh, on his statue, Jamie, what, where do you fancy that being built? Um, probably in Red Square somewhere. There's not really many places you can put it at the moment, depending on what the ground will look like in a couple of years. Might not look very appealing outside, you know, the away end or where the stagecoach stand is. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. <laughs> I think the uh, the cardboard cutout will will be will suit yeah. perfectly for the, for the time being until yeah, keep it, is that? <laughs> yeah, until we find a find a permanent solution. Um, well, that's uh, that's everything from from uh, this episode of, of Greasing's Gossip. So uh, join us next week for the next episode where we might have a few more people in.